Hi, everybody. Welcome to Domain Sherpa. Today, we've got a great episode of Off the Market Forever featuring James Isles and Chris Zyker, where we focus on the domain space through the lens of end user acquisitions and upgrades. And on today's show, we talk about domains such as Strive.com and Fetch.com, along with a recap of Namescon Global and some interesting data around domain upgrades and the Crunchbase Unicorn Board, which is its list of unicorn companies who are those valued at a billion dollars or more. So you don't want to miss it. And remember, if you're listening, to the audio version of this podcast, you could also watch the video version at DomainSherpa.com and on our YouTube channel at DS.TV. We now have all the past episodes up there as well, so you can dig into the largest library of domain-related podcast content in the world for free. You can also check us out on Apple and Spotify and other podcast platforms as well. As usual, big shout out to Dan.com, the number one place in the world to buy and sell your domains, with a special platform made for domain investors. And with all that, it's time to get into this episode episode of Off the Market Forever here on Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. What's up, Sherpa Network? Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Jonathan Tenenbaum, a.k.a. JT, a.k.a. J on, a.k.a. Sherpa Winfrey, and I'm the host and producer of Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. Today's show is off the market forever, which is really one of my favorite shows with my boy James Isles and Chris Zyker. Let me go ahead and do the introductions to my right. All right, I got my boy Chris Zyker, a.k.a. Zyker's Island, a.k.a. The Plug, a.k.a. World War Z, a.k.a. The Brand Whisperer. Chris is the head head of sales, senior domain broker for Media Options, leveraging his 20 years of sales and marketing experience. He went from managing accounts totaling over nine figures in sales to doing nine figures in sales and domains. So he is the man, speaks to more high-level decision makers, CEOs, brand managers, domain owners than pretty much anybody else in the world, and has taken his rightful place among the top domain brokers in the world. And uh, so he's, a, you know, my pleasure to call him a friend, a colleague and a peer and uh, always love, love when we rock out on the show, man. How you doing? Boom. Awesome. Awesome. Good show today. Yeah, let's go. All right. And then last but not least, uh, since there's only two of you, right? Somebody's got to be first. And if you're not first, you're last. That actually is the case here on this show. Below me, I got my boy James Isles, a.k.a. James Names, a.k.a. James Isles of Man, a.k.a. Walter Cronkite, a.k.a. House of James, a.k.a. Blame It on the James, a.k.a. I Will Walk 1000 Isles. All right, domain (laughs) domain industry writer and consultant, publisher of of James Names, which is a domain name-centric blog, and and he is the publisher of that. Before founding that, he was a lead writer at the Name Pros blog, publishing over 700 articles uh, between 2015 and 2019. Since then, building James Names into one of the domain industry's most popular sources for data research and industry news. He's been a source in articles in several major news outlets, including Mashable, Business Insider, Vice. Aside from James' names, James also works among some of the best and brightest in the space, including writing for us. So full disclosure, he's a writer on the Media Options blog, uh, where he does an incredible job, and we'll talk about some of those articles, along with DN Academy, domain name wirednd.com, and other than that, working behind the scenes on projects for investors, startups, and entrepreneurs. What's up, James? How we living, man? 
Yeah, all good. Part of my research for this program was looking up who Walter Cronkite was. So uh, I, I know exactly who he is now. So we're all good. Oh, good, good. Yeah, well, you know, look, it's like I tell people, you are, in my opinion, the foremost journalist in the domain space. And, uh, you know, when I think of old school, you know, trying to, when I do the AKAs, right, it's like you try to find those popular public, you know, icon type figures. And uh, even the Walter Cronkite kind of predates most of us, including that's more of like our parents generation. But you know, he was like the, the, the newscaster journalist back in the day, 60 minutes, you know, so that's where it comes from, man. You know what I'm saying? So cool. No, I'd say it's a pleasure to be compared to him. Oh, yeah. No, all good, dude. All good. So, all right. Well, look, we're back. We do this show so the audience understands. I mean, you know, here on uh, Domain Sherpa, we say all roads lead to domains. And uh, we started this show a few months ago. We run it monthly with these two guys because I think we've got one of the foremost domain brokers, one of the foremost domain journalists. And what we really try to do with this show is approach it from the lens of the end user, right? We talk a lot on some of the other shows, Domain Sherpa Review where we do the domain game and it's a very domain investor focused show. I mean, we still want to provide a lot of information that can be useful to domain investors. But again, as I mentioned in Chris's intro, you know, he's talking to these, uh, some of the key decision makers at some of the biggest companies, um, you know, and really when we look at, um, you know, the ultimate goal of a lot of domain investors, it's like, Hey, you want to get your portfolio up to that point where you're dealing with these big, you know, premium domain names. If that's your, you know, I mean, look, everyone has a different philosophy and a different strategy and a different budget and timeline and not time horizon and risk profile and everything. But, you know, if you're trying to get to the point that you want to play in the space of super premium domain names, which is where media options exist, um, you know, there is a different sort of there's mentality and approach and an understanding that you need to have on how to deal with these folks that are making these decisions. Right. And that's why. And then James, on his end, he's writing these articles constantly interviewing some of these exact people that we're talking about that are spending, you know, millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars on big domains. And it's a question of like, how do those deals get made? You know, how do you find those buyers? I mean, it's one thing to acquire the domains, but then it's like, if you have one or, you know, you are representing one or something like that, it's like, okay, now how do you actually go out and sell it? You know, how do you get into the shoes and understand from a big brand perspective, you know, what gets them over the hump or into the position that they're willing to spend the kind of money that it takes to acquire those big, you know, business changing domain names. So, that is the goal of the show. And we otherwise just have fun talking to talk because this is what we do. And uh, so it's always our pleasure to bring this to everybody. And I always enjoy spending time with these guys because they are some of the best in the biz. So with Boom. that, you know, exactly, <laughs> man, let's go. Sound bites for days. Feeling it today. I'm feeling it. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, uh, all right, well, look, let's go. We got a list of things, some articles, some different uh, sales we want to talk about. And, uh, you know, so James, why don't you kick off? Like, uh, let's let you, uh, you know, what, what you thinking, man? What, what do you want to talk about? I just wanted to talk about Namescom because you guys have been there um, the last couple of weeks. And I just wanted to know how it went because it's the first in-person Namescon since, I think, 2020. Yeah. And I want to know how it went and how it compared to the online versions because that's all that I've done since 2019. I went to the 2019 Namescon in Las Vegas, but... It's been a long time since then, so I want to hear how <laughs> how it went and how your I think it was a fireside chat you guys had. How that yeah, went. so uh, yeah, and we talked a little bit about this on one of the recent Domain Sherpa reviews. So try not to make it too too redundant, but you know, I think you know it's it's obviously it was a very important event to have. It was important to get everybody back together, you know, in person. It had been I think you know nine hundred and forty two days, but who's counting? Kind of thing <laughs> since the last prior one, which was also in Austin. But even that one was a little funky. I wasn't there, but you know that one was uh, 
was right as COVID was hitting. So it was, uh, you know, and, and, you know, when I think about kind of NamesCon, you know, a few years ago with the Vegas conferences, I mean, the energy and the, and the, you know, the activity around those was really special. And I think this one, we, we got back to that to some degree, you know, and, uh, so you know, it was pretty well attended. I thought the space was was great that they had it in in Austin. Um, and there's nothing like getting you know back in person. We did you know we were pretty involved uh, you know across a couple of things. I was a master of ceremonies along with Krista Gable on stage one. Um, there was a stage two, but like I tell everybody, there's you know stage one is number one for a reason. You know what I mean? But shout out to stage, stage, two. stage two. You know, um, shout, shout out to the off brand stage two. You know the dot co, if you will, of the stages. <laughs> And, uh, you know, um, so that was a lot of fun. And then uh, Media Options, we did a little session at the end when they opened it up to the general public to kind of talk about, you know, some of what we talk about on the show, you know, buying, selling big domains, you know, how, uh, you know, some of how our process works and just some of how, you know, how that works in general. But, you know, let's let Chris talk more about, you know, kind of what he was up to. He was doing a lot of really cool stuff, talking to a lot of people. So, yeah, no, I think you hit it like the, the vibe, the energy was 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 kind of back at this one. Um, you know, they, the first show in Austin, people were getting used to it. You know, it was like you'd been in Vegas for a while. At least I, this, my first names con was in Vegas. I'm not sure was it before that, but it, uh, it, I think everyone was, was more familiar with Austin the surroundings, the, the restaurants and, and much more energy, but it just could have been pent up energy too. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, we, 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 we hadn't seen anyone in a while. So, uh, it's, I think the next, NamesCon will be hopefully we'll, we'll keep that up. I think just the familiarity with it, and you know I, I came up with with kind of three big bullet points. The, the first one was there's you know just in talking to everyone that was there, there's lots of niches. It was neat to see everyone's you know kind of niche, right? I mean, so we got the, the big domains, right? The premium domain names, the ones that are the higher prices. You know, there's some investors that are you know, niching into the meta space, right? In the metaverse. Um, you know, some in to, uh, you know, I don't want to give too much away because I don't too much confidential, but everyone had like this little niche as far as where the domains were. Um, it was neat to see some of the sales. I mean, like just, hey, what was your biggest sale? You know, six figures, five figures. I think I, I one was like in the seven figures. Um, I don't know if some of those were publicized or not. I don't remember them being publicized, but there's sales happening out there. <clears throat> and that kind of, that's to my second point. So the first one is niches. And there's some guys making some good money. People are making money, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick your niche, pick your lane, become an expert. Uh, the second one is that it seems to me that it's really, uh, you know, the, the theme was really brand upgrades, right? So there's the meta theme. I was the metaverse theme, people coming in, not sure how things are repositioned. But a lot of the bigger sales were just companies upgrading, like even to some brands that, I don't know. I mean, I, if you said, hey, I got this domain name, I'd be like, okay, you know, talk to me. Like, why is that valuable? But there's a brand out there, and that brand has raised money, and is successful, and you know a big sale happened, right? Or a big sale is in the works to happen. So you know it's really like I think the theme you know, I've, I've heard. I think it was Rick Shorts was saying this in one of his um, one of his tweet Twitter tweets, you know, and it was the same thing as like you know it was really the season of brand brands upgrading their brands because they it actually it was really a great 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 tweet because he was like you know now. All these companies that launched a year, two years ago on the .co, all these other extensions, right? They're like, oh, shoot, we need the .com, right? And yeah. so you saw this massive momentum uh, with companies that tried the other extensions and just realized, hey, we're losing traffic, right? The seven dimensions, um, which that was the theme of our presentation, the seven dimensions. And then, you know, kind of the excitement was the, the uh, is it 
the ENS handshake. Is that how you, JT? Is that oh, the, yeah. Uh, no, well, the ENS is its own. Yeah. So there was a whole blockchain component. Yeah. Um, blockchain. And I actually thought that was really cool, you know, because we've had times with in certain, uh, you know, conferences and things where they sort of try to tap into the pulse of what's hot, right? And in doing so, you know, dilutes potentially, you know, that kind of thing, or it's something that doesn't maintain some, you know, and I think crypto is an interesting thing because of how we've always sort of, you know, we, we all consider it under the same umbrella of digital assets, but how do you really make it fold into a, a like a NamesCon conference, right? Because there are plenty of crypto token conferences that, that are out there. And it's like, how do you bring them in into, you know, in a way that, you know, feels consistent, right? And uh, I thought this one did a really good job because they really did a handful because the, it's the blockchain domains are starting to come into their own, right? And you've got, you know, a couple of different ecosystems, right? You've got the handshake domains, uh, you, and then you have the unstoppable domains and the unstoppable, you know, your dot crypto and, and you know, and, and some of the others, dot Zelle and, you know, things like that. And then, uh, you know, and then you also have the ENS domains, which are the dot ETH domains, right? So you've got a couple of different buckets based on extension, based on call it platform or block or which actual blockchain it exists on, right? <clears throat> you know, the HNS domains are on the HNS, you know, blockchain, right? And, and, you know, ENS are on ETH and, you know, Unstoppable is on their own chain. I believe that's how it's all sort of distinguished. But either way, you know, there was a lot of, there were a number of sessions about that. And then one of them, uh, so you have this situation that's taking place. <laughs> Where um, on H and S you can get any any dot whatever right for the most part you know I can't you know they're not I can't accredited um, and uh, you know and everyone and they're all starting to kind of jockey for some of these like you know what's next with the next I can round you know so effectively what happened is you've got somebody who registered on H and S dot wallet uh, meanwhile you've got the unstoppable uh, folks and in full disclosure you know media options drew domain x you know we're invested in unstoppable as well we also have some handshake extensions some handshake tokens we also have dot eth domain so we're in you know involved in the space not crazy crazy heavy but we're involved so in the interest of full disclosure just want to throw that out there in the universe but um anyway uh so yeah so this guy uh registers dot wallet uh, unstoppable is either released, I think is released dot wallet. Um, and then, so then they brought a lawsuit against the, uh, the dot wallet registrant on the handshake, uh, system ecosystem and, uh, for trademark infringement, basically. So they were having a panel, uh, that involved two of the H and S, the handshake, you know, evangelists, if you will, uh, Bradley cam who, uh, from unstoppable as well as Soren was on the panel and somebody else was on the panel. And uh, I guess it turned into a pretty spicy, heated debate, you know, around, uh, you know, sort of like this, uh, you know, this lawsuit and it's a, it's a, you know, sort of spitting in the face of the decentralized, you know, sort of, uh, you know, ethos around a lot of the blockchain domains and just the blockchain ecosystems in general. And, you know, it just got pretty heated and there was a lot of back and forth and that kind of thing. So it was, it was an interesting. I thought it was awesome. Well, you know, like, I mean, what it shows you is that I like you know, a good conversation. Well, and that's the thing. And what it shows you is you've got a lot of passionate people that care a lot. Um, and not just because it's the money, right? It's because it's also the ethos that are involved in, and the, the vision and, and what their vision of how these things are going to play out into the future. And, and you know, and, and that it and they're taking it seriously. Right. I mean, Unstoppable just got valued as a, as a, as a unicorn, right? A billion dollar plus company. So, um yeah, so I mean, it was interesting, and there were a handful of other uh, you know sessions that were in and around those blockchain domains and how a lot of that works, and um, you know, and it's interesting stuff. You know, I think it's going to be uh, to me, it's it's you know, we still are very com centric and you know, I can domain centric, you know, web two, if you will, 
Um, but you know, these, the new stuff is, you know, picking up a lot of momentum and, you know, there's a lot of interest and, you know, a lot of interesting opportunities bubbling in and around all that stuff. I mean, you've got big players in the traditional domain space that are also now getting a lot more involved. So you've got like Namecheap that's super heavy in handshake and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, and even like Zoran who runs Namescon is an H&S guy, you know, he's got a bunch of H&S stuff. And then it's like, you know, you got other people that are involved in Unstoppable and like, you know, and ENS, the ETH domains are bigger than all of them at the moment, just based on sheer number of registrants. And you look at the daily volume and activity and, you know, and some of the, you know, legacy investors, even the Sherpa guys like Domain Shane, you know, Shane Culture is like pretty heavy and, you know, flipping ENS domains. And, you know, so it was pretty cool. And that also brought in a bunch of new blood into the space. Like we saw some folks that we've, you know, only met on Twitter. Or we, you know, even Daniel got hits, who's 260.eth, who we had on one of the, the uh, down the rabbit holes. And, you know, so it's just an interesting convergence of all this kind of stuff, but it doesn't feel, um, you know, it feels natural, right? It feels like. Yeah, sort of yeah like, it definitely felt know. natural. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so yeah, so that was like a whole thing into itself. And I think that is the kind of thing though, where, you know, when you look at these waves of what happens in the domain space to create sort of interest and brings in new blood and new money and, you know, and those things, it's like, you know, even when the, the first, uh, you know, that big official ICANN round where they launched all the new GTLDs, you know, that drove the, I think the highest attendance that they ever had at a NamesCon. And that was maybe four years ago or whatever, five years ago, the one in Las Vegas. And, you know, so I think it's that, you know, and, and, and expanding the tent's important. And uh, now I think also what's happening with the blockchain names is that you're getting folks like ICANN is paying attention. VeriSign is paying attention. I, I've mentioned this a few times. You know, I had a conversation with a couple people who I, you know, I used to do the policy stuff when I worked in legal at web.com and network solutions. And, you know, and I, I you know, I'd reached out when I first started, uh, when I came over officially full time with media options and I'd reached out and we, we were dabbling and getting, you know, kind of busy with some of this stuff reached out to some of my policy folks. And what do you guys think about these blockchain domains about handshake? They're like what's handshake, you know? And uh, you know, we're not really thinking about them, you know, and these are some players at some of the biggest domain registrars in the world or at Verisign or at ICANN. And it's kind of like, you know, they were very much not on their radar. Now, two years later, fast forward, and it's a different environment altogether. So I think that's another interesting aspect, but I'm sorry, Chris, I just went off on a big old tangent, but you know, I know you were talking about, I think uh, you know, the various points and, uh, no, it was good. It was good. I mean, that was one of my objectives going there was like, I wanted to learn more about those domain names because, you know, I've been focused on the .com, obviously some of the other extensions, and I just hadn't kind of gone down that, shouldn't say rabbit hole, but, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, it is. <laughs> down that. That's the thing. And it's, um, I, I think it's a question, you know, and for us, it becomes a question of like, okay, you know, so for our our client base, you know, startups, VCs, big companies, big brands, you know, is this something that they need to be aware of, right? Is this something we need to be actively working on because there's going to be a real demand at that high level? And I mean, it's interesting because when you look at brands and their adoption of blockchain domains, you know, it's slow, but it's happening and it's happening at a high level. I mean, you got Budweiser that bought beer.eth, you know, you've got Gucci is now accepting ApeCoin, right? I mean, it's like there's wow. stuff that's happening you know, at a high level, you know, it's not necessarily taking over, but mm. the adoption is starting to happen and it's happening in, in places that you're like, you know, we'll, you at least force you to take some notice. So, you know, but yeah. then also then, I mean, this is a whole nother topic that we could get into as far as like, you know, you know, should domain investors be investing in, in these domains if they're not already doing so, right? And I personally think that the .eth domains are especially interesting because they do have the most registrants at the moment and the volume, the daily volume is there. 
Um, and, you know, people are flipping the numerics and the digits and there's the communities building up around that. But a lot of it will come down to, you know, is the utility ultimately going to be there at the end of the day? And right now with the you know, you could have, you know, uh, you know, crypto, Ethereum, you could have it sent to your wallet. So instead of that having to type out the big long string, you know, they could just send it to chris.eth if you happen to have that, you know. But the interesting thing, though, is that you can use an XYZ name for the same thing, right? They've created the same functionality around and with a .xyz domain, you can get the benefit of also putting up a website that's resolvable on the actual Internet on the browsers that make up 95% of all browser, you know, use in the world. So it's like, you know, I think that becomes, and I've said this a number of times, I think, you know, the, the adoption is going to be key and for brands and for companies that are going to spend the kind of money that people would ultimately want to see for these domains, you know, the utility needs to be there. I mean, there's a flex, there's a certain way it's, there's ID, you know, social media, you can use a .eth. You know, I, I only know of some people as their .eth domain. I don't know their real name, you know? Uh, so there is, there is sort right, of that. Right. Yeah, that's pseudonymous, you know, utility of having a cool domain that really becomes who you are. So it's like, you know, Drew and cool domain that really be right. And that's like a big old flex for him. But people don't know him as Drew.com. You know, there's people that definitely know, uh, you know, I know, like I said, Daniel got hits is Daniel got hits or 260.eth, you know, and people are known by numbers. And then you get into this whole thing, too, where like, you know, like we saw when, you know, we call it like the China wave where there was a big, you know, around the dot coms and there was an enormous appreciation of value in the in the numeric dot com domains. And there was a very liquid market taking place because, you know, then you realize like from a culture standpoint, you know, numbers are treated differently. And in, in some cases, numbers are favored because, you know, now you, you have less of a language barrier, right? And, you know, and numbers are treated differently, like in, you know, in China and things like that. And we saw that with dot com. So you it would stand to reason, you know, there's probably some overlap into dot ETH or other extensions if, you know, the extensions themselves are popular enough. So anyway, but right. point being is I think it's the kind of thing where, you know, when we just because this is what we do, we're domain nerds, this is our life, like we're in this all the time. Um, you know, so we're always just kind of keeping an eye on these things and looking for angles and opportunities. And I think that, you know, we're at the forefront of a lot of this stuff and I don't know what's ultimately going to work and be successful. I think there will be sort of levels of success and pockets of opportunity that are happening literally today. Um, you know, big picture, will it become like, Hey, you know, every big brand is going to need their dot blank domain. That's purely a blockchain domain. I mean, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I think that, you know, well, that's something we'll see. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I know, um, I talked to Paige Howe. And he has a clubhouse on Fridays. I'm going to go to, you know, I guess they, they talk about this. So yeah, it's, it's super interesting. I mean, that was my big takeaway. Boom. You know, um, but it was, it was a good show and uh, you know, excited for next, next time. I don't, who knows when it'll be. Yeah. So they're talking about it now. It sounds like it's going to be earlier. They're going to try to avoid having it in the middle of the summer. Right. Cause I think that was another challenge this year. Was it like smack dab in like August right. or at the end of August? And uh, you know, which, which limited some people cause you had the combination of people either traveling for summer or the beginning of school and all these things that like, you know, everyone's lives getting in the way. Um, so I think the goal is to have it like late spring, early summer. So like end of May, uh, I think it will be in Austin at least one more time. Uh, which I think in the same venue, which was very, I, to me, Austin's not my favorite city to visit, you know, like I enjoy Vegas cause there's just a lot to do. And it's like, you know, it's easy to just yeah. kind of, everybody loves Vegas, easy to get to. It's cheap to get to. You can stay pretty cheaply if you want. Um, but I will say that the hotel, 
um, that they, the Omni and the, and the downtown Austin area and, and the accessibility to plenty of bars and restaurants and all these kinds of things. And, you know, it was, was really awesome and it was really yeah, well, yeah. well done. The layout was fantastic. So, you know, a lot of super positive stuff and everybody seemed to have the same take. Like they were super excited to be there. You know, we got some deals closed in person that we'd been, you know, kind of hanging around that were, you know, that I think that would probably continue to still be on the vine. Um, you know, had we not seen people in person and, uh, you know, there was a real, real value to that. So, yeah, man. So next time, dude, get on a plane and let's go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, next time's in to. person. I mean, I'm on, James. From a selfish point of view, just to the names gone people, just put it in January, February, because... January, February in the UK is absolutely freezing. So I want to go somewhere huh. warm. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when they used to have it like right after the new year, I mean, it was always like, yeah. you know, Vegas, third week of January, fourth week of January. It was always like a great time because people were always like, all right, we're into our new year. We're kicking off our stuff. We got budgets. We want to go, you know, we want to go mix it up and go do what we do. We're going to Vegas, baby. And, uh, you know, this is a little different. It'll keep it a little bit more contained. Um, but you know, look, these guys are going to do what they're going to do. I mean, I think at the end of the day, they did a very good job of continuing to maintain, um, you know, the flow of the industry, even when we were all like remote with COVID. Um, and, uh, you know, and then, you know, they're, they do it as, you know, they're, they're the best in the biz with, with what they do. And, uh, you know, so hopefully yeah. they'll, you know, continue this momentum. So, yeah. Cool. Sounds all like right. it went well, which is good. So yeah, yeah, no, right. the auction was a lot of fun as always. I mean, it was good. It was good times, man. Good seeing everybody. Like, you know, you forget, you know, how much you miss people. You know, I said this, this is the last thing I'll leave it with. And then we can move on and talk about some of the specific domain uh, sales. But, um, you know, in our personal lives, you know, we've kind of gotten over the hump on a lot of the COVID stuff where we're seeing family, friends, you know what I mean? We're like in person for most of the stuff that we're doing for the most part. Um, but professionally, you know, a lot of us work remote, right? We're all distributed, yeah. you know, those of us that don't work for big companies that go into the same office and see each other every day, you know, we were isolated. So, so seeing each other in person at NamesCon was like the first time to see a lot, like, you know, even to interact on a business standpoint, like in person for yeah. a while. And yeah. that was really, really cool, you know? And, uh, so, um, you know, you know, shout out to, uh, so yeah, shout out to, you know, the NamesCon folks and looking forward to the next one, you know, feel bad for the people who went home, you know, who got COVID on the way home or at the conference. I, for me, I had been at Ape Fest a couple of weeks prior and that's when I got COVID. So I was kind of bulletproof in Austin, you know what I mean? So I came home without having that disruption, but I know like there were I a bunch every of party, just like hugging everyone. Come, <laughs> well, that's know, what come it is. Me. It's like, there were no masks and that kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, you have to be prepared. It's like, look, if you're going to get out in person, you know, you kind of, you can't, you can't, in my opinion, it's hard to kind of half-ass that, you know what I mean? You're either up bear hugs and close talking in loud groups, or, you know, you're just going to hear about it after the masks fact. Masks and gloves from a distance. Yeah. And that's impossible. I mean, even like you try to have a conversation, I was uh, taking my kids to get a haircut yesterday and I couldn't even hear the lady talking through her mask. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's like, it's hard to have a real conversation with people yeah, like, you yeah, know, super hard. and I'm not an anti-mask person. Look, if you want to wear a mask, do it. Like it's all good. In fact, I, the one byproduct for me is like, I still, you know, if I'm out in public, I'll wear a mask in the bathroom. I think that's fantastic. I'm like, man, I don't know why they should have masks <laughs> sitting out there. Like for people going yeah. into like the men's room in some places, you know what I mean? Some or an air purifier, <laughs> but let's, uh, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Let's what, not get what do you got next? James? What, what do you want to talk about next? What's the next topic here? Just to move along. Yeah. Okay. Um, so cool. Um, so I want to talk about, there's an article, I think, on the last Domain Sherpa show, the, the last review show, JTV, you mentioned it, that was called uh, at least 100 unicorns use a one word dot com. So, oh, yeah. so, yeah, it seemed to go well. 
they seem to go down well with with all the community so that's good yeah um, no this was so, a yeah. fantastic article so this one's on james name so this is on james's blog um and his site and uh did some great research so crunchbase came out with their unicorn board right which was like hey you know or they actually just all, did, did they just come out with it or they usually have it just yeah no, so they, they came out with it earlier this year um mm-hmm. so it's it's keeping track of private companies with a valuation of $1 billion or more. And as of now, there's just over 1,400 companies. But when I did this research, there was about 1,300. Um, and so the Unicorn Board doesn't contain any data on domain names. So like the you know, I've the time to do it, so I went through and manually got every single domain name from each company's Crunchbase mm-hmm. profile, 1,300 of them. Um, it took a while, but I got some useful data out of it. And one of the takeaways was that 80% of unicorn companies use a .com domain name. Um, mm-hmm. But what, you know, the headline of this one is that 100, at least 100 unicorns use a one word .com. And, and yeah, so let's uh, let's so yeah, let's. There's a bunch to to unpack there, right? So, and this is why when people are like, "Man, you guys are .com maxis," and you know, and you hear it from a lot of people that are, you know, and I think it comes from a place of feeling like you kind of missed the boat at times, right? So to invest in that really, you know, premium .com domains is not cheap. So you've got to have a big budget, access to funds, like all that kind of stuff. So, but when you really look at where you know, when you talk about your buyers, right? And you're talking about dealing with big brands, big companies that are doing this kind of like, you know, that are valued at a billion dollars, the biggest companies in the world, right? They're all on .com, you know, 80 plus percent are all on .com domains. And then when you look at it, so how many, so in at least a hundred, but I mean, of the 80%, I mean, how many do you think? Cause it's at least a hundred, but does that mean the number is like 110 or does that mean the number could be 300 or something? Like, did you stop counting at a hundred or what was the deal? So basically what I did was I went to each Crunchbase profile for each mm-hmm. of these companies and just got the domain name from that profile. Um, so you know, sometimes after domain name upgrades or transitions to a rebrand, for example, they don't update the domain name. So sure. I think Clubhouse for a long time was still joinclubhouse.com mm-hmm. on Crunchbase. So for example, you know, things like that, they they behind the scenes, they've done an upgrade, but it still shows as the old domain name on Touchbase. So there's probably, I'd say there's probably conservatively like 50 more at least. So um, I think I feel like it's a good percentage of companies at that top level, top, top level that are using yeah. a one word.com domain name. And because it's such an exclusive asset class and these domains cost so much to secure, um, it's just, uh, I feel like it's, it's a real seal of approval for .com domain names and these one word .coms. I mean, the there's there's still space for .ios, there's still space for .cos, but once you get to the top top echelons of business, then .com or nothing really. It seems. James, how big was the original list? Uh, the original list was so my original list was around thirteen hundred. Um, okay. Now there's about fourteen hundred on the list, so I haven't done the, the full the full lot but it's crazy though it's like oh a hundred more billion dollar companies just kind of like you know are now in the mix but um but yeah so you're talking like you know 14 1300 companies a thousand of them are using dot com 200 of them are using one word dot com so you know it means there's probably an opportunity for some additional upgrading that'll continue to happen right which is absolutely um but i think it also like you said i mean and and what was crazy to me was when you read the list like when you had like oh here's the sample or whatever it was and it's like 
Stripe and like all these big companies that you, you know, calm and like, you know, just companies that you know, you know what I mean? It's like, it's funny. I remember back when I, you know, cause I was a finance major in college and I remember like, you know, we'd go through certain exercises around publicly traded companies and I'd always be surprised at how many like publicly traded companies that were making such like, you know, crazy money oil companies and get, you know, that I'd never really heard of, you know what I mean? And it's like, um, you know, that would kind of fly under the radar, you know, maybe for branding that for them, it doesn't matter as much, you know, but I think especially in like this new world of tech and so much of it being driven by, you know, marketing, social media, online marketing, digital, you know, presence and everything else. It's like, you know, it's even more and more critical than ever. And it's just, I was kind of surprised when I was reading through the list is how many of those like I'd heard of, you know, and some that we'd actually helped them get their domains, you know, things like that too, which is also pretty cool. Um, but it was just like, just neat, you know? And you're like, these, they're, they're clearly like the reasons, I mean, they're just clean and it's like a brand in a box. You know what I mean? Like we say, I mean, it's just contained and yeah. it's and it valuable. It's there. So Yeah. And also the, the other takeaway I got was just how many companies brand around this, a short single dictionary word. I mean, it seems like such a big trend at the moment. So um, I was just wondering why so many companies do that. From a, from your perspective, why do so so many companies seem to do that? Chris, you want to? This seems like yeah. I mean, so I'm just looking at that list, seeing what which ones we brokered. It's <laughs> 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 like okay, touched that one, missed that one, got that one. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, to me, James, it's really they're buying the momentum in that keyword, right? So I mean, it's much easier. There's two routes you can go, right? You can make your domain up. Or make your brand up, right? Like Google, or I don't know. I mean, whatever the you know, the, you know, Spotify, you know, whatever. Right? Microsoft, make that so. up. yeah. Or you can um, you can use one that's already there, right? So when you make something up, you have to put a massive investment into that domain name to have it make it mean something. Versus uh, when you have a uh, when you go after a one word, or you go after you know keyword, or maybe it's even two keywords, right? Basically, you're you're basically buying that momentum. You're capturing momentum and you're leveraging that momentum um, to quickly, you know, bring, I guess, brand equity to your brand, right? So in one sense, you pay for it, right? Build it. The other sense, you're paying for it to get the, the, the main brand, but, you know, you're capturing all that wind. And, you know, that's really, you know, the main reason why, uh, you know, and the main reason why, but, you know, that, that's, you know, it's simple, but you're, it's like, you're buying the equity already in that brand, and that's that's um, and it's incredibly inexpensive when you really think about that. What you're paying for that domain in the .dot com owner leadership position, and uh, what it really means to your brand, the ability to, you know, set a um, you know set the frame for your customers. Yeah, and I think it it also shows ambition from a company's perspective. Like if you pick up one of these pretty early on in your in your company's life cycle, like uh, in a series A funding round or something like that, then it just shows to your clients, it shows to investors that you're, you're ready to get to the big time with this. And I feel like that's a really important point that a lot of people perhaps miss with, with this top group of domain names that they can just transform a brand and they can, they can show the world exactly what your ambitions are just from, just from a domain name, you know, they're, they're such transformational little digits and it's uh, just uh, like fascinating to see that. And it's fascinating to see a company grow from a seed round all the way up to one of these unicorns. So, yeah. 
Well, you're, I mean, your, your blogs are awesome because they really capture that from the, from the, I was just looking at my, my notes here, you know, pulley.com. They literally said it like, listen, it gave us instant credibility, right? He mm-hmm. said, um, um, I think you're able to, to get a good domain. Uh, he said, I, I think if you're able to get a good domain and a good brand name, the benefit that you get there is instant credibility. Immediately think of the company as more reputable as well. Um, and I think some other ones, they mentioned that, you know, their investors, you know, it helped with their investors because they're, you know, yeah. they thought, wow, okay, these guys are serious. So yeah, everything you said, James, and that it's reinforced in all those articles and the interviews you've done. Well, yeah, and I, I was talking to, I was talking to a guy in the week, um, for an upcoming media options interview. And, um, basically one of the points that he had, he's, he's a serial entrepreneur who's bought several premium one word.com domain names for his companies. And he said that venture capitalists take notice. Yeah. As soon as you've got one of these on the front of your pitch deck, they just take notice. Oh, yeah. so. Well, well, you know, we've mentioned it a number of times, you know, calm, which I said earlier. I mean, I remember Jason Calcana mm-hmm. saying one of the reasons he invested in the company was because they had secured calm.com and he felt was like the perfect domain. And it gave it that other, that additional level of, you know, credibility and confidence and, you know, and, and his confidence increased because of it. And, uh, yeah. And especially when you have the right mix, right. Of like, you know, a, a name tied to the, the business and it's like, you know, you've got this one word, this dictionary word that already has, you know, instills a certain level of like understanding and everything else. And it ties to what the business does. And you have this like kind of really good marriage of, you know, sort of business, whatever the business is versus, you know, the name and it just all kind of works together and makes sense. And then it's just like when people want to find out what to do. I mean, it's just, it all just works. And I mean, and there's a reason that, and now we've seen it at the, literally at the highest level, you know, that it's validated that that's what the deal is. And, you know, I think it's interesting because we talk about these other extensions and, you know, there are definitely a bunch out there that people, you know, have, are, that are popular and that have become very popular, like in the web three space and the crypto space, which drove a lot of the activity over the last year, year and change. Um, you know, your XYZs and your IOs and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. Um, to me, it just means there's, it just means like kind of to your point, I don't know if it was Rick or whoever you said it, James or Chris, it just means the, these are going to be the upgrades that we're going to see happening, you know, as these companies yeah. are successful, yeah, right, right. right. You know, open C went out and got their.com, right. You yeah. Know, you like, go on to Crunchbase and you have a look at all the brand new companies on there. You see the dot co's, the XYZs, dot IOs, all of these. And you just, I keep track of a few of them and then like clockwork two years three years that a lot of them are just starting yeah. to upgrade starting to get the funding rounds under their belts starting to get an appreciation of what a really good domain name can get them and then they just they get it they they manage to secure it so um yeah, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about that because i know you put together some statistics around upgrades and you know and this is something that you spend a lot of time writing articles about and digging into to try to understand you know some of the uh you know the thinking behind that and then the statistics and the data behind that so um you know what was um yeah so I've, I've put together something on the media options blog recently called the statistics behind the upgrade so this one mm-hmm. i feel like it follows on really well from that unicorns chat um, and it focuses on companies that have upgraded to a oneword.com domain name. And I looked at data from 383 of these companies that purely upgraded their domain. So I discounted rebrands, for example. And I just, I really wanted to find out what, 
what the deal was because on a previous Sherpa show I said that I felt like .co was the ultimate stepping stone domain name, meaning that companies that start out on a .co almost always move to a .com. Mm-hmm. And while that's still true, I found out that the majority of upgrades on this list were .com to .com. Huh. Yeah, that's and that's a really so let's just stop there for a second. That is a really interesting data point. So you're saying like, okay, look, like running the numbers on the upgrades coming off of Elliott's site, right? Using the list from embrace.com. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, companies upgrading to a one word.com, looking at about four hundred of them, right? The most common upgrade path is still com to com. You know what I'm saying? So it's like now you've got maybe ten percent, you know, iotacom similar for codacom, which we've all, you know, which we know is a is a common path, is a yeah. pun intended common path, <laughs> you know, of upgrading. But you know, they're still starting on it. Most of them are still starting on a dot com and then upgrading to a dot com. Like that's pretty, uh, you know, and not to turn this into a big old dot com love fest. You know, we always say com is king, but we just see it in the numbers, right? And at the end of the day, yeah, and we've yeah, got. Yeah. And even in our own portfolio, we've got plenty of .ios and .xyz's and .clubs and, you know, other extensions. And we've got good relationships with folks like Donuts and, you know, who we think, you know, do a terrific job with their extensions as far as getting them out there into the hands of end users who can really utilize them because it really makes sense where the left of the dot and the right of the dot sync together really well with a business that's utilizing that in a way that really works, you know. Um, but, you know, it's so, still... So, James, James when, like, oh, the question I have, so when you looked at that, was it... Um, cause I just saw the first, the first bullet point here, um, that, uh, 25% of the companies had a prefix like pay zilch. What were yeah. what the other ones that were from a .com to .com? What were those primarily? So it was like, so six, some of them had a suffix. So, you know, like slack okay. hq.com, there was a certain okay. percentage of those. There was also some that had like descriptive words, um, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but it might be like something like com or things like that. So those made up quite a big, a big um, portion of, of those. But yeah, the, the most significant I think was the prefix. Yeah. So, which is like, like get, and uh, you mentioned join, get, join try, clubhouse try. before as a perfect example, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, Super all of these, all of these, um, these prefixes, I feel like they're, they're really easy to acquire for a brand new company. Cost them ten dollars. Easy enough. They're still a dot com. People still know where to get them at. But then once they get to a level where they can get to, you know, pay pay for an upgrade, then they get to it. Yeah. No. And you know, it's funny because it just then makes me want to even dig into the data more to the extent that I, you know, not that it's available, but it's like, all right. You know, then how many people, you know, started in a name before they moved into a get this or join that? Like, is there, you know, is there, you know, is there a sort of a opportunity in in those kind of names, you know, for companies that are using something else even before, you know, is there, you know, are there multi-step upgrades that we see taking place and, you know, and things like that? I know this isn't in the data, so it's just more or less I'm just kind of, you know, thinking out loud, but um, yeah, but I mean, I think that's some pretty interesting stuff, man. I think it's like when you look at, you know, again, the fact that you're really going from a com to a com, um, but you still see a pretty healthy amount that are also doing, you know, these other, you know, from other extensions to a com and domain upgrades in general. I think when you look at timing, cause you see most of these taking place at what level, like what stage of funding do you know offhand? Like where most that's of That's a great question. That's a really good question. So this is, this is going to be an upcoming article on 
media oh. options actually. So um, <laughs> I haven't I haven't gone into the data properly yet, but I'm going through a few hundred uh, one-word acquisitions and just seeing when they when they occurred, what the funding round was close to, um, like just from just from a, a an initial viewpoint, I feel like a lot of these happen around that Series A funding round. That's a that seems to be a really significant one. I don't know whether that's that's something that you guys have experienced. Whether your clients have come to you and said, "Hey, we've got this funding round coming up. We want to secure this domain name with the money, some of the money." Well, it's the best point to leverage, right? Once you've once you've crossed that, now you're talking the prices go up. You know, I mean, now you're on people's radars. So it's like hit it there <laughs> before you, right? Yeah, so no, I think if, yeah. is that before. The Series A is announced. A lot of times, you're getting yeah. the domain, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I think it's the kind of thing too where it's like you have investors that are when they're investing in the company. You know, that's a, a prerequisite at times too, where it's like, hey, look, like I'm in, but we've got to we got to be better set up for this, you know, for the brand and for the marketing longer term. You know, so we definitely see that, and um, yeah, and I think it makes sense. You know, it'd be interesting to see too, like, okay, well, how many fun, you know, how many do the upgrade? At a, you know, at the Series A when there is a Series B or C or a Series A all there is and things like that. You know what I mean? So not again, you know, it's funny data is like, you know, like statistics, you know, like they talk about like, uh, you know, you can lie with data. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there are ways and things. But I think each one of these things is super interesting for us in our space, because even if it's like unclear, we don't have the full picture, or we're using smaller sample sizes. You know, we're in a liquid market without a lot of transparency, right? And you know, and then and some of that is by design, you know. And if you talk, even Andrew and you know, I think Rick would Rick Schwartz would say that you know they like the fact that there's no transparency. They don't want people to be comparing. Like you know, Rick is one of those guys, and he spoke at um, you know via simulcast or whatever at NamesCon, and he gave a really good talk with Kate Buckley, kind of quarterbacking it. And um, you know, and and some of like you know, and Rick's thing is always like he doesn't you know he's like look i'm not selling you a domain based on the value that somebody else sold the domain for you know he's like i'm selling you the domain based on what the value is to you and therefore what the value is to me and you know and he says like look and it's not that my domain is too expensive it's that your idea is too small you know so it's like <laughs> it's this domain line, yeah. i love, that, I love that line i've said that like a dozen times to the point at some point rick i might just take it and stop quoting you i'm just kidding or stop crediting <laughs> you um but um, but no, but I think it's 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 and it's so true because when you look at like ultimately you know these these domains you know they don't exist completely in a vacuum but you know it's like all right um, you know obviously the value that it is to the particular perfect end user is one thing but when you're looking at these premium domains that are you know one word generics for example they could have value to multiple people right so it's not just like oh hey you know you're kind of squeezing me for this because you know we've got the money and we're about to get funded and this and that and it really doesn't have value to anyone else but me but it's like well that's not actually the case when you look at these key you know these keywords these really huge terms um you know look at how many brands are using them you well, know? i actually have i have a call here in like 10 minutes we got to wrap this up here but that's exactly what they said like oh we're the only you know no one's gonna else is gonna buy this. Like, listen, it's a it's a it's a word. It's a one word. Like, uh, so we'll, well see where that goes. But yeah, we hear that quite a bit. It's like, um, um, you know that that perception. I had another point. I completely forgot it. Um, on the upgrade section. Okay, never mind. Well, either way, Chris. So here, real quick, for the benefit of the audience. So when you get that kind of um, you know, that pushback, right? Like that objection. How do you you know? And someone says, "Hey, look, there's no one else that you know." 
this name is only worth something to us. Right. And if it is like a one word.com, for example, like what do you, do you point them to the other brands? Do you use specific examples? Like what do you do there? Um, you know, I mean, I mean, basically it's still, it's just simply not true. I mean, you know, domain names have value, right? There's the raw value. There's how many brands are out there that call themselves the same thing. So, I mean, you may think that, but there's 45 different trademark classes. Like you got a trademark. Great. So do I, like I've got a, you know, trademark for Vivace nutrition. Wonderful. <laughs> you know, now there's 30, you know, 44 other trademark classes. So, I mean, to think the fact that you have that, all you're doing is, is it's a bigger risk. In fact, the more that you, that you brand on that, the bigger the risk that you have for your ability to scale because you're going to basically make the opportunity where this brand's more valuable and a company can come in, they can cash the momentum that you built and then they can, they can own leadership position. You know, some of these stores of crack and crack and rum, you know, workforce, workforce software, but you know, it, you know, going back to the, um, you know, I remember my point now is that it'd be interesting to see James as these different, you know, like this different um, funding rounds. Because what I found is that, there comes a point in there where some of these companies, they get comfortable in their pain, right? So you're reaching out, the domain name's available. Maybe it's the first time it's available. It's like, oh, wow, the crate, that's, that's, you know, wow. You know, they kind of scramble around. You tell them the price, they come back, they say, you know, you're crazy. You know, they offer some, you know, maybe 20% of that value. And, uh, you know, so at first, like, they're, they're, it, they're like, okay, wow, yeah, this is available. That's, um, you know, it's kind of a shock. And yeah. so really motivated straight off the bat. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily motivation, but it's like, wow, okay. They they start to see it and then they get they slip back into this their current operating mode saying we're comfortable. And then what happens is that you know they're just comfortable with their pain, right? They know their models, they know they they put so much to marketing, they get so much back, they've got their SEO. Then what happens is that it sells, and then they're shocked, literally yeah. shocked, and they say, What? You know. We'll offer them two times more. And it's like, you know, you go back to their, their part and they're like, are you kidding me, Chris? Like, of course not. Like, this <laughs> is our brand too. Now it's worth 100x, you know? Yeah. This, this domain is worth 100x. So that's the interesting thing in this funding round. And from the domain investor standpoint is like, you know, it, it's this uh, this toss-up, right? So you want to wait for this cut, this this brand to grow. But, you know, at the same point, they get comfortable in their pain. They get comfortable in their operating expenses. And so they don't move on to acquire it, right? Until someone comes in and shakes up their world, right? So it's, maybe it's that the biggest, you know, the like like a really big investment round, or they're going public, you know. Um, but something has to shake that to say, hey, you need this. So do you think is do you think that there is a peak of interest? You know, does it go like a wave, a peak of interest to start with, and then it drops off as they get more comfortable with their domain name that they're on at the moment with the marketing budgets, all of those things. And the, the interest in a certain domain drops off. So perhaps a domain investor might have missed the boat with their, with their, with their um, potential to sell. So, well, yeah, I, like I, I did a, um, I'm starting to get on Twitter. I got to, you know, pick it up, but that in LinkedIn, it was like domain names go up in value, but do offers go up in value? Right. Mm. Domain name goes up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It comes a point in time where you might get the best, like, at some point, you will get the best offer for your domain name. Will you be able to recognize that? That's the question. Let's get the get, get, get money. Media Options is the industry's leading domain broker specializing in domain acquisitions, high value domain sales, and domain name consultation. 
as pioneers and thought leaders on the subject of the domain aftermarket and domain name value. Plus, through their clear domain acquisition service, Media Options offers startups and established corporations an unparalleled scope of high-value domain options, providing access to domain names and curation technologies not available elsewhere. Media Options believes in the power of a great domain name and is dedicated to helping you obtain yours. Call or email today to put a domain to work for you. You know, we only got about 10 minutes. Let's move really quick. And we got two use cases to talk about. Let's give them five minutes each. Um, Let's start with strive.com because this is we're talking about upgrades. Um, And uh, so if we don't don't get to the other one, that's no problem. Yeah, no, but I think we can do strive. We can do fetch and then we can call it. I think that's all good. And then um, so let's talk really quick about strive. And um, so what did you see in that? You know, when, when you did your research there? So yeah, Strive Asset Management is a brand new company. Um, it describes its way itself as a way to invest in the stock market without mixing business with politics, and I found that quite an interesting, curious line. Okay, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, the company's already raised twenty million dollars in funding. It's backed by the likes of PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel and hedge fund manager Bill Ackman. Um, so as I said, it's a it's a brand new company founded in 2022, and it started life on strivefunds.com. Um, but in July, the company secured strive.com after acquiring it from a Canadian business consulting firm, which I believe had been using it probably since the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. So they've transitioned onto strive.ca, made room for strive to become strive.com. Mm-hmm. And... It was a really quick changeover for them. They've they've already gone on to Strive.com. Sometimes, like with with Zoom.com, like you know, years after they're still they're still on Zoom.us. So right, right. Um, for these guys, they've gone straight. Yeah, and I think so. A couple of things for this that I think are interesting, you know, and uh, you know, when you look at who like the investors Strive. are, you know, you've got um, you know, when you look at okay. who the investors are between Peter Thiel, Bill Ackman, like you know, you've got some of the biggest you know investors in the yeah. world, right? Um, you know, setting aside maybe some of the, the, the political slant that they're, you know, as far as like, you know, uh, you know, these guys that feel a little, you know, sort of little oppressed by the cancel culture of Silicon Valley, like whatever, we can leave that for a different day, different discussion. But I think you've got very seasoned, successful people that are backing this thing. So, and I think that's always a great sign because I think, and then you see that, you know, the value that they place on, you know, the, the domain name for their business. And you realize like how important it is to the people that matter, or at least the people with mm-hmm. money. Um, so I think that is uh and I think it's one of those things, too, where it's a great name for what they're doing, right? The idea of like, you know, this kind of goes back to what I was saying. When you've got these one word dot coms, not and I and I say this all the time. Somebody mentioned this on Twitter the other day um, that, you know, it, you know, not all one word dot coms are created equal. Right. Um, and this is one of those that, you know, it passes the radio test. Someone says strive, you know how to spell it. You're not trying to spell it with a Y or something like that. Um, and, and it is, it's this sort of, and it's aspirational. Like, I mean, it is, it's yeah. literally the term in itself is an aspirational term talking about striving. You're trying to gain, you're trying to grow, right. You're trying to get, you're trying to acquire and, you know, and matching that up to an, you know, a site to invest your funds, to grow your portfolio or whatever, make money, you know, to me, it all syncs together like perfectly. This is a, like a perfect example of like everything we talk about, why it matters and how, you know, and, and sort of like the, the prototypical use case, you know? And that, that's a great point, Jay. I mean, like two seasoned investors, right? Top of the game. Listen, they took it down, right? Um, 
they got their .com, they got the 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 the, uh, the raw version of the brand, so it's intuitive. Like they understand, hey, great brands. They just uh, they just the path is simple. It's effortless. Mm. There's trust. Yeah, and it seems that seems to be the way with really seasoned investors like Mark Law. A lot of his companies, they're like Jet.com, Wizard.com, every you know, everything that he's involved in has their raw.com domain name by the look of it. So yeah, yeah, all these seasoned investors. They yeah, know what so, about, right? <laughs> so yeah, so like I said, I think that one is a you know kind of a perfect example of what we see with the upgrade. The, that is the use case, right? Uh, now, but let's talk. Now we got five more minutes before we. I know Chris got to go, and uh, we you know almost out of time. So, but uh, let's talk about fetch because now this is actually in the reverse. You see, there's upgrades, and just so everyone doesn't think everything we're doing is raw raw dot com dot com upgrades. <laughs> this is actually the opposite. In this case, you had a company that had fetch dot com, and they downgraded. So now the question becomes, did they do so? Now they now they came out and made a statement. So this is what we're talking about is why don't you go ahead and set the table with with Fetch? Yeah. So the company is a delivery company, I think. I think it's a fairly local company to like the southwest of the US. But okay. they came out and said that the domain change quite more accurately describes our services and helps avoid confusion with other business with other businesses that have Fetch as part of their name. And I've, I, th- I, I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> you know, I think, I think that they just got a good offer on their domain name. Yeah, it's well, too I good think to be retrieved for them. Yeah, well, and I would agree with you. I think it's an interesting thing. I mean, it shows you that though it can happen in the reverse. Um, you know, when and it almost also shows you well what happens when you have the company that had the killer one word dot com domain. And, you know, what does the seller do, right? You know, because, in, you know, not every instance is a seller that's a domain investor or a business that's gone out of business or someone who's, you know, unfortunately passed away or something like that. You know, you have situations where you have an active operating business that decides to take the money and, you know, and downgrade the domain. And then, you know, and then, you know, so it's like, what, what, what happens on the other side of those transactions when you have an, uh, you know, uh, an ongoing business, right? And this is one of those things. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, what else are they going to say? Like, oh, hey, we took the money. We felt like it was a better use of the funds. I guess they could say that. How, how much did, how much did Fetch Delivery raise? I, think I don't know they if they raised, raised they raised like they, $5 million a few years ago. Yeah. Okay. okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Fund so you're talking million. Yeah, yeah, and look, that's a perfect. That is a great point, right? On this deal, because you've got on one side Fetch Delivery, who was the seller, and on this side Fetch Rewards, who was the buyer. The yeah. seller had, to our knowledge, has raised five million. Yeah. The buyer has raised five hundred million. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so, I mean, that's like. They, you know. I mean, they probably got like two years profit. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like. You know, they probably got a good, you know, 500 million, you know, I don't know if some of that is, it's just crazy, 500 million, I don't know. Yeah. I look at that business model. Yeah, it's, and it's uh, interesting because like, if you think about who's, uh, you know, you got the one is a delivery service, the other one is, uh, what, it's a reward service, right? So it's like almost like credit card, like um, some kind of brand reward, cards, loyalty program, back. that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. It's interesting because, I mean, look, I think you can make the argument that the delivery company has a, you know, fetch is a better domain for the delivery business than for the rewards business, you know? Yeah. But, you know, but the rewards business still felt that fetch, which I do think it makes sense. You know, again, you can draw those distinctions. In some cases, I think it's a, it's a more clear line between the company, what they do and the domain or the word actually. Uh, In this case, 
you can still make the, you know, you're fetching, you're going, you want to collect, right? You're collecting rewards, right? And uh, so in the process, you're going and getting them, you're fetching them. So I think it makes sense. Um, and it also shows you too, though, it's like, okay, you know, and, and you can argue on this, this one to 10, who does it fit better with? But either way, it works for both. And both are using fetch as a brand. And I mean, if, if you know. <laughs> I'm looking at this, I might have my kids like sit outside of Walmart, but like, Hey, can I scan your receipt? You know, and <laughs> yeah. then just like get these fetch rewards. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's probably a whole, there's a whole bunch of businesses to build yeah. around these kinds of uh, things. These neat things yeah, it's like, I, there we go, baby. We're in the business of scanning receipts. Hey, we just want to scan your receipts for yeah, yeah. here. Say, uh, hey, oh, or just pretend uh, you, you put on your Walmart vest and just pretend you're the, the receipt checker. Oh, they, yeah, they, yeah, they got yeah, you. you know, oh, I don't think you scanned right? it properly. Like, According yeah, to my scanner, it didn't check. I got yeah, scan exactly. Yeah. My scanner doesn't work. My phone works. Hold on a second here. Uh man, honey, we're going to Mexico this week. Let's do it. You know, but I yeah, think, hey, look, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's, you know, I mean, I would hope that the money was worth it. I hope that, you know, it's, it was good. I'm sure it was the right call for their business uh, to, to do the downgrade. I think it's unfortunate because again, I think it's like, you know, you, you cap yourself, you're putting yourself in a worse spot from a competition standpoint. You're basically saying, Hey, we don't want the global positioning of the, you know, sort of leader in front of mind market share for the general public for this term, this domain, and for our, our actual brand. And instead, we're willing to sort of take this, you know, sort of, you know, this supplicant, you know, kind of like backseat. Um, I just hope the funds were worth it. But I think it's like you said, man, I mean, when you got 5 million versus 500, I mean, money talks and this shows you too. It's like everything is going to flow you know, to not just the best use, but the deepest pockets, you know, and, or yeah. some combination I mean, I'm thereof. Here at Fetch and it's like, I'm not like, looks like stock photos, Fetch delivery, right? Stock photos and, um, interesting. interesting. Um, that is another really good point too, you know, cause it's kind of <laughs> like, it's showing you. And like, it's not loading all the way for me. So I, who knows? It's really you know, interesting. But- yeah. It's like, if you compare the two sites, you know, like, and, and right, same deal. Like maybe it's my browser. Maybe it's your browser. I don't know. Um, I think if you accept cookies, it works a little better. Um, but if you compare the two sites, I mean, Fetch Rewards has a cleaner, like more robust site, you know. Um, Fetch Delivery does not look like it is as robust of a site. No disrespect, it's still a fine website. But again, I think you're talking about two different animals when it comes yeah, to... it's only four different cities, two Santa Fe. But I mean, that's not, I mean... They, they probably won big, you know, they probably won, maybe they're looking at a rebrand. They probably got a big, a good sale from it. They're in four cities. So for them to come um, and uh, rebrand, it had to be a good amount because yeah, it, it does, it will impact their business, especially if they had billboards and had advertising them. Now they got to change that to fetch delivery. You know, it's like hmm. their whole. There's a lot that they got to think about when it comes to doing yeah. a full on rebrand. You know, and, uh, you know, but I will say this, right. So here's something though. And then this, I think is something that's to fetch deliveries credit. Um, and I think is a cool thing for them is that they bought the domain fetch.com and, you know, with some of the funds that they raised, I'm sure. And then they went and sold it. And I would bet you that they probably sold the domain for as much as they raised, meaning they were able to leverage this one word.com, this high value premium domain asset this high value digital asset, they were able to leverage that investment for the real true benefit of their business to bring a big yeah. influx of cash when they probably needed it. So at the end yeah, of the that's, day- that's a great, I think that's the main point, JT, is that really domains are, are assets, right? It's not a marketing expense. This asset they were able to leverage 
and probably got a phenomenal sale from it. Um, you know, I mean, looking at their site, they're only in the Santa Fe area. So, I mean, yeah, what a, I mean, amazing, right? I mean, I mean this is a local and, business and that probably made like 30x, you know, what their yeah, annual yeah. revenue is yeah. Off yeah. flipping the domain name. It's like, even though we may look at it like in this deal, you know, Fetch Rewards ended up with the domain. So, you know, they quote unquote won. But it, it almost like everybody won. Yeah, <laughs> you know, everyone like, won. It's yeah, like you're at yeah. the blackjack table, and I do this all the time. We're at the blackjack table having a good time, Vegas, names, con, whatever, and the dealer busts, and it's like everybody wins. You know what I mean? Uh, and like that, as long as you didn't yeah, no, bust yourself. That's a great you know? point. Everyone wins, and, and domain names are at. Like, I mean, we, let's just drop, stop it there. Like, domain names are assets. Yeah. In this case, this company bought this asset and was able to um, to sell it for more money. Most likely, I mean, it had to be 100%, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they made uh, money. On, I mean, I'm sure yeah, they made a significant point, amount of cash on the sale of the domain, which was important for their business. So they won too. Everybody wins. And then yeah. Fetch Rewards gets the, you know, the one word killer.com for them to build a global brand and global business on. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, like I said, domain names, everybody wins, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, great right. line to finish on. <laughs> all right. So with that, listen, everybody, I want to say, first of all, thank you to Chris. Thank you to James. I always love this show. This is why this is just great stuff. And uh, to the audience, I want to say thank you to you guys. As always, like without you, there's no us. And uh, we appreciate y'all being here with us. Be sure to comment on the, on our domain Sherpa.com on the page, hit us up on Twitter. We're not hard to find. Let us know good, bad, ugly. You like it. You don't like it. You got suggestions. You got comments. We're around and uh, always happy to chop it up. This is what we do and this is what we love. So appreciate y'all and uh, thanks again. And next time we'll, uh, we'll see you here on Domain Sherpa where all roads lead to domains. Peace out. <laughs>